Job 23.13 speaks of God. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. In the land of the middle you will find no success. James chapter 1 verse 8, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Settle it in your heart. God is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him, or he is not. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Either Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory by whom God created all things, or he is not. Settle it. Be it known to all that by him alone and by no other is salvation found. Acts chapter 4, 10 through 12. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved." Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. Born again literally means born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. The great leader of Israel, Joshua, he settled the issue in Joshua twenty four fourteen and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today you personally are in the valley of decision. Jesus speaks these words to you in Mark sixteen fifteen and 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, everything changes today. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Today all your sins and your shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today all of the devil's bondages will be broken, every single one. Today you will settle the matter. Today your new most magnificent life begins. Here is the prop I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. 
God said, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God said, Romans chapter 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God said, Isaiah 59, verse 10, We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Man said, Science is my God. It's so enlightening. Oh, by the way, I'm off to on a sabbatical to find myself, to connect with my inner being. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,131 that will once again certify the glorious inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the lost souls of the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's peace and joy flood your soul. If these are the last days, a spirit of strong delusion will possess the hearts of the damned. Again, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If these are the last days... The world's wisest will be possessed of a reprobate mind, a worthless mind, Romans one twenty eight, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. If these are the last days, then the world will be filled with confusion and delusion. Daniel 9, 7 and 8, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee. But unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. The spirit of Antichrist has always dwelt in the carnal mind. 
The carnal mind is enmity, at war with the mind of God, Romans 8, 6, and 7. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. In the beginning, in the midst of the Garden of Eden, there was a tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God commanded Adam and Eve to not eat thereof, lest they die. Genesis 2.17 But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. This is the first mention of death, and it is directly hooked to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When the first woman, the mother of all mankind, whom microbiologists call MTDNA Eve, disobeyed God and ate of the forbidden fruit, she considered three rationales that drove her decision, Genesis 3.6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The third rationale, a tree to be desired to make one wise, secured the door of doom for all the children that would come from Adam and Eve. Satan's carnal knowledge is 180 degrees out from God's knowledge. It is surely the camps of the opposites. God is truth, Satan is a lie. God is light, Satan is darkness. God is love, Satan is hate. God is life, Satan is death. It becomes so dramatically clear. When these two camps approach the same set of facts, their conclusions are 180 degrees apart, beginning with the beginning. The carnal academics approach the obvious facts in the spirit of unbelief, which is most literally the spirit of Antichrist. The born-again approach the same facts in the spirit of faith in God, His Word, and His Christ, whose name in Revelation 19.13 is the Word of God. It must be noted that the faith of the redeemed is not blind. They clearly see with the eyes of another dimension, the dimension that science seeks, which is the dimension of the spirit known to the initiated as the kingdom of God. From this eternal dimension come the answers to all of the questions. Those with ears bowed down have the truth that reigns supreme over all the knowledge of men and devils, and it is certified in the hearts of the blood-bought via the revelation of the Holy Ghost. It is a truth that is rooted far above the earth in heavenly places, even in the very presence of God. The proof that a believer is a child of God is certified by the Holy Ghost, and most truly and literally reigns supreme over all the analytic machinations of the carnal mind. Romans eight fifteen and 16, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Carnal knowledge is a lie and is always upside down and 180 degrees out from God's truth. It is fraught with strong delusion, is reprobate, and exhibits continual confusion of face. Several excerpts from previous God Said, Man Said features follow. 
God said, man said, Darwin's well returns with mouth open wide. Because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge, because unbelievers from whence their quest for knowledge begins, carnal scientists fall prey to the curse of the deceivableness of unrighteousness, which the Bible declares in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 1. The results are strong delusion and reprobate minds. They will readily believe a lie over the obvious. The position of evolutionary scientists dominates the global narrative. According to them, the entire and intricately marvelous earth and all its magnificent life forms and its awe-inspiring, precisely calibrated universe exploded into existence from basically nothing. Strong delusion reprobate minds. Another great pair of examples of the deceivableness of unrighteousness concerning the water buffalo and the banana are from the God said, man said feature, their imaginations became vain. Evolutionists were forced to come up with a plausible theory on how seagoing mammals such as whales, dolphins, and porpoises evolved. Remember, mammals supposedly evolved from the sea. So how did these mammals end up back in the water? Some evolutionists suggest that an even-toed land mammal like the water buffalo is the likely candidate to have evolved into the present-day whale. They speculate that the water buffalo liked to hang around the water a lot, and over eons of time his hind legs simply fell off, and his front legs changed into flippers. And the science student said, no kidding! The water buffalo's hairy hides simply changed into smooth, thick blubber, and his nostrils slid up to the top of his head to form a blowhole. Then his tail evolved into flukes, and because he was floating around in the water all the time, his body became enormous, and the student said, Isn't that interesting? Sound absurd? Do you think I'm exaggerating? The following excerpt is from Volume 50 of National Geographic, written by V.B. Sheffer. The whale's ascendancy to sovereign size apparently began 60 million years ago when hairy, four-legged mammals in search of food or sanctuary ventured into the water. As eons passed, change slowly occurred. Hind legs disappeared front legs changed into flippers, hair gave way to a thick, smooth blanket of blubber, nostrils moved to the top of the head, the tail broadened into flukes, and in the buoyant water world, the body became enormous, end of quote. Yes, National Geographic, that really satisfies the analytic mind. Thank you. Finally, consider this idea. Evolutionary biologist Robert May was quoted in the January 2001 issue of Discover magazine. The more we learn about genome, the more it teaches us about our own place in the web of life. For example, we share half our genes with the banana. Actually, it would be more accurate to say bananas share half their genes with us because their genome is smaller. This is a fact more evident in some of my acquaintances than others, the article's author said. This year, the mapping of the genome shocked us, revealing a truth even more humbling and amusing. We are not just monkeys, but their favorite snack as well. The title of the article is, Your Cousin the Banana. And the class of students said in concert, No kidding! 
end quotes. Newsflash. Science's latest discovery relegates the banana to second cousin status. The mushroom now takes lead place as man's first cousin. And the science class said, wow, no kidding. Strong delusion. Because they begin in unbelief, the end of their search is strong delusion and a reprobate mind. The March 2016 issue of Acts and Facts published a feature titled, Are Whales and Evolution Joined at the Hip? Much of that article follows. Some evolutionists used to imagine that whales could evolve from an animal like a bear. Charles Darwin considered how black bears can swim for a long time. Once he wrote about such bears, this is what Darwin said, Swimming for hours with widely open mouths, thus catching, like a whale, insects in the water. Even in so extreme a case as this, if the supply of insects were constant and if better adapted competitors did not already exist in the country, I can see no difficulty in a race of bears being rendered by natural selection more and more aquatic in their structure and habits with larger and larger mouths till a creature was produced as monstrous as a whale, end of quote. Doesn't that sound like strong delusion and a reprobate mind? End of quotes. God said, man said, more weird and wonderful discoveries. The Bible states that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Righteousness in action is the deeds of faith. Unrighteousness in action is the deeds of unbelief. Because men receive not the love of the truth, God sends them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. Consider this paragraph from Volume 151 of New Scientists by David Darling, writing under the heading, On Creating Something from Nothing. What is a big deal? The biggest deal of all is how you get something out of nothing. Don't let the cosmologists try to kid you on this one. They don't have a clue either, despite the fact that they are doing a pretty good job of convincing themselves and others that this is really not a problem. In the beginning, they will say, there was nothing, no time, space, matter, or energy. Then there was a quantum fluctuation from which, whoa, stop right there. You see what I mean? First there is nothing, then there is something. And the cosmologists try to bridge the two with a quantum flutter, a tremor of uncertainty that sparks it all off. Then they are away, and before you know it, they have pulled a hundred billion galaxies out of their quantum hats. You cannot fudge this by appealing to quantum mechanics. Either there is nothing to begin with, in which case there is not quantum vacuum, uh, no uh, pre-geometric dust, no time in which anything can happen, no physical laws that can affect the change from nothingness into somethingness, or there is something, in which case that needs explaining. End of quote. The absurdity of the world's vaunted pseudoscience is breathtaking. How could they so utterly miss the mark? So ignorant and biblically unlearned, they are blind and deaf, yet they have convinced their understudies that they can see and hear. Nope, they are just blind and deaf. The following examples of God's marvels will demonstrate the absurdity of the spirit of unbelief that God calls the deceivableness of unrighteousness. The book, A Closer Look by Richard and Tina Kleiss, highlights the following. 
Human hair is actually a complex functioning feature, not just a simple cosmetic addition to our bodies. Not only does hair provide warmth and enhanced appearance, it also has multiple design functions to enhance life. For instance, hair is an integral part of the body's protection system. Eyelashes protect our eyes by triggering them to almost instantly and involuntarily close when dust strikes the lash. Body hair serves as tiny levers. Each hair is connected to a muscle, which squeezes oil from adjacent glands that keep our skin from drying out. Hair even acts as a filter for particles caught in the nose and ears. Hair is also programmed to grow to specific lengths and thicknesses in various places on the body. Eyelashes, for example, do not grow as long or as thick as scalp hair. They grow to a certain length, fall out, and are replaced by new hair. Who planned it this way? Clearly one can see evidence of design in both the function and placement of even the simple hairs on our bodies. Evolution does not explain where the complex programming to create even a single hair came from. Human hair is not a leftover skin covering from our purported ape ancestry, end of quote. Not a single hair explained. A closer look continues. The eye is an incredibly complex organ that moves 100,000 times in an average day. Numerous muscles and tear ducts are in place to keep the eye constantly moist, protected, and functional. Our eye processes 1.5 million bits of information simultaneously and provide 80% of the sensory stimulation sent to the brain. They receive light images traveling at 186,000 miles per second or nearly 700 million miles per hour through the iris which opens or closes to let in just the right amount of light. These images travel through a lens made of transparent cells which focuses them on the retina at the back of the eyeball. The retina covers less than one square inch of surface, yet this square inch contains approximately 137 million light-sensitive receptor cells. Approximately 130 million are rod cells designed specifically to see in black and white, and 7 million are cone cells allowing color vision. Finally, the image is sent at a rate of 300 miles per hour to the brain for processing. How could all of this have come about by some step-by-step -step random chance evolutionary process? Mankind has designed and patterned the camera after the eye. It is only reasonable to acknowledge that the eye, which is an infinitely more complex instrument, was also designed by intelligence, end of quote. A few more excerpts concerning the seeing eye were published by researcher and science writer Bruce Malone under the title, The Eyes Have It, Creation is Reality. It would take a miraculous number of design changes to transform a light-sensitive patch into an eyeball. Furthermore, each change would have to be coded onto the DNA of the new creature in order for the change to pass to the next generation. It has never been explained how this could have happened. Each new feature would need to be independently useful or natural selection would not have allowed the new creature to live. An eyeball with no retina would be a tumor, not an improvement to be passed on to the next generation. 
An eyeball without focusing lens would be worthless except as a light detector. An eyeball without a functioning optic nerve to carry the signal to the brain would be worthless. An eyeball without the perfect balance of fluid pressure would explode or implode. An eyeball without a brain designed to interpret the signals would be sightless. There are over 100,000 different proteins in our body. The only one with the molecular structure to make it perfectly transparent to light is used to construct the lens of our eye. It is beyond credibility that chance mutations could have produced any of these changes, let alone all of them at once. Any one of these changes will result in a worthless tumor. All are needed simultaneously for sight to result. Yet the chance development of this hardware for the eye pales in comparison to the impossibility of the software development. The brain must be wired to both accept and understand the signal coming to it from the eyeball. The complexity of the eye still argues for the reality of its instantaneous formation by an incredibly intelligent designer. There is neither a fossil record showing that the eye evolved nor any testable observations to explain how it could possibly have happened. The fanciful story that a light receptor patch turned into the complex eyeball is nothing but the dogmatic faith of a religious belief system. Why do we allow textbook selection, which leaves out both the problems with evolution and the evidence for intelligent design? This is indoctrination, not education. End of quotes. When confronted with such enormous contradiction, an acceptable fallback in the camp of evolution is that we must have been seeded from outer space, an idea they call panspermia. Consider what one of their own, Dr. Richard Lewontin, has to say. Dr. Lewontin, a prominent evolutionist from Harvard University, confesses to the fact that it is unyielding prejudice and bias against the supernatural that is the true motive that causes many scientists to reject special creation out of hand. This is what Lewontin has to say. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, so we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. End quote. We have arrived at the end of days. If you ever ran the race, it's time to run it now. Just before the very battle of Armageddon, a spirit of strong delusion of reprobate minds will rule the hearts of the blind and deaf. Confusion of face permeates the academic world from preschool to university, and spills out of lecture halls, causing children to question which bathroom they should use. The absurdity of the spirit of unbelief is breathtaking, and the entire classroom said, Wow! No kidding! We have arrived at the departure gate. Prepare for boarding, saints. God said, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. 
even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God said, Romans one twenty eight, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God said, Isaiah 59.10, We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Man said, Science is my God. It's so enlightening. Oh, by the way, I'm off to a sabbatical to find myself, to connect with my inner being. Now you have the record.